This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Company. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI Audio's on air community, and everyone's invited. And now, the big man himself, Kelly McDonald. All right, here we go, launching ourselves off for another week right here on Kelly and Company. Ramya Muthan, she's over there at the Toronto Home Studio. I'm at the Home Studio, at London, Ontario, where we had a heck of a lot of wind over the weekend, but almost set some records, came real close. Uh, how about you guys in the Toronto area? Uh, are we talking about last night? Uh, I'm thinking more Saturday. We okay, had nice yes, warm yes. temperatures, and they said we're close, but not quite close enough. But as for the winds, the winds were, mm. it, yeah. I actually had through my balcony, um, or from my balcony door being opened, leaves blown into my house. Like I was at my neighbor's house, wow. I came home a couple <laughs> hours later, and there were leaves strewn all across my floor, and I was like, "What? How did this happen?" But so you had the door left open, right? Yes, and and I guess the the mesh, uh, the screen door was slightly ajar, and I didn't realize it was going to be a, a a storm or a windy situation, and it was only about an hour of wind. So it's not like you left with the door wide open to get some draft, a nice breeze in there. Oh boy. No. Oh yeah, good heavens. That's that that and it's amazing when as you say those things happen or if you're if the wind closes a door. Have you ever had it where you're somewhere else, you go to stroll into a room, the door's been closed by the wind even subtly, but you don't realize and at the last moment whether you see the shadow of it or yeah, just run right into it. That exactly that happened that same night I'm talking about because I didn't realize how windy it was. Left my door open really quickly while I was walking back to my neighbor's house and slam. And I was like, okay, this is way too much of a scary movie situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing when it slams, but you know, there's times it shuts so quietly that in you know, if you're doing something else, you funny. might hear the as it actually closes and latches, but it's when you come back to that room, oh, shoot, I left my cup in there, <laughs> and you run right into the door. Right. Like that's, that's just horrible stuff. And when you get these windy days, and it doesn't make sense to you because, you know, it's not like it's a gusty wind no. in the room in question. It just eases it. Puff, 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 shut. Crazy stuff. Wow. Folks, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, let's get into the program today. Let's see what's coming up right here. On- well, folks, first of all, I'll leave my microphone on. Second of all, <laughs> on today's show, Brock Richardson of the Neutral Zone, he's going to bring us our weekly sports update. We had this guest on a couple of weeks ago, but Ardra Shepard, who's the host of Fashion Dis, is joining us to talk about the second season of the show coming out very soon. But the reason why she's joining us is because she wants to let us know how we can be casted for the show. And Dan Panamondo, who's filling in for us teching today, he's yelling foul because that wasn't fair. Probably gave him a bit of a start there, shutting my own microphone off at the wrong moment. And folks, later on in the show, an hour or two on our CNIB Smart Life chat, we're joined by Smart Life coaches Mason and Maria to discover great accessible gifts for the holidays. We'll get into that conversation in hour two of Kelly and Company. 
Uh, a couple of things on the recall list, ladies and gentlemen. The first thing is the product here is Tiramisu Swiss uh, Cookie. Issue is Tree Nut, actually. Audience, of course, general public. So it's out there. Uh, if you have an issue with the, the Tree Nut, uh, you you may want, since it's undeclared in that, to, to do something to do something such as not eat those. Also, folks, Capola brand Genoa Salami recalled due to um, a undeclared milk and wheat so again any allergies there or anything you you may want to not uh, indulge in those uh, in that uh, genoa salami want to switch here to something we we heard over the weekend really unfortunate very sad a terrible loss the backstreet boys yesterday played a tribute to the late aaron carter in a concert in london england now this reporter here has some more for us an emotional tribute last night at this Backstreet Boys concert in London for the younger brother of singer Nick Carter, seen on stage holding back tears and receiving hugs. Tonight we've got a little bit of heavy hearts because we lost one of our family members yesterday. Nick Carter posting on Instagram Sunday, my heart is broken. Even though my brother and I have had a complicated relationship, my love for him has never faded. He added, addiction and mental illness is the real villain here. You know, I think sometimes we don't recognize, don't realize because we look at the fame, we look at the money, we stop to, to, to really look at the challenges um, other than we obviously recognize addiction, we obviously recognize some of the other mental health issues that go along. But when we look at families, it always comes down to, oh, they're fighting over money, they're fighting over this. Um, and there's often other differences, just like any other family, Ramya, that none of us may obviously be privy to or we don't really want to be when they become public. Right, exactly. I mean, mental health uh, challenges of addiction or anything else, even things that they didn't point out here, um, it it doesn't skip over people, right? Like, it's not that some of us are more immune to it than others. And regardless of whether you're an influencer or a celebrity, someone who... Um, families who can't necessarily keep their their situations private um, doesn't mean that they're not going through it. So this tribute is something beautiful uh, just to even bring up that part of the conversation. And I think, you know, I know some people probably figure, well, this is, you know, whatever PR you want to get out of that. No, no one's trying to get PR out of a late siblings or anyone's anyone's death. Um, it's it's just you know you you want to and and when I say that to to bring that up now you've got to do the right things you've got to pay the respect you're doing a show the day after a sibling passes on from one of the band members you're obviously going to do something whether you argue how public uh, things were in life. Um, between his brother and and he, uh, you know, Aaron Carter, uh, the things happen. And of course, uh, just a note for those who may have not have heard already, uh, his body was found uh, at his home Saturday. He was 34 years old. This year's class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was inducted over the weekend as well. And many people felt Dolly Parton, she stole the show. Quite a turnaround for Dolly Parton, who at first didn't feel she deserved her nomination. But Saturday night at the Microsoft Theater in downtown Los Angeles, she seemed very much at home on stage. Well, I just feel proud to be here, as many Pearl would say. Wearing a tight black leather outfit, her fellow nominees joined her for her hit Jolene, including Judas Priest frontman Rob Halford. And Parton seemingly broke some news. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 
I'm going to have to do a rock album. We'll see if that happens. But she did write a rock song for the night, which she performed, and you'll see when the ceremony hits HBO November 19th. Jason Nathans in ABC News, Los Angeles. I can't do it. I can't hold my breath long enough to wait for it. Sorry, I'm, I'm just getting too old to hold my breath that long. Um, really would love to hear what that rock and roll album would sound like. But I remember, and I'm sure you do too, Rummy, when she wasn't comfortable with this originally. Yes. It was that, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of this. Yes, I do remember. And she was like, there's so many other people who deserve this, and I'm, I'm good to sit out. But, you know, Dolly Parton is who she is. And it's not because, uh, it, like, there's no expectation. It's just that we all love her and she's amazing and she killed it like she always does with the performances. But um, she's I just love her energy. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it makes you smile. Her carryings on and the life and, and so many different things that, yeah. that have gone on. So really wonderful that she uh, had this honor and was able to accept it. We're going to step aside for just a couple of moments, ladies and gentlemen, as we get the Monday edition of Kelly and Company underway. You can use Microsoft Word online to transcribe audio. Michael Babcock, he'll be here in a few moments to explain the benefits of using this feature. Stand by. Welcome back to the program. If you want to reach out to Kelly and Company, easy, easy way to do it. 1-866-509-4545. That's the number to call. You can leave a message saying, hey, guys, it's for Kelly and Company. Give us permission to use your message. If we can, we shall on air. 1-866-509-4545. If you want to ask a question about AMI-TV, AMI-Tele, or AMI-Audio, feedback at AMI.ca. Send an email over there. The gang at Marketing and Communications will help you out. Feedback at AMI.ca. You can follow along with the program on Twitter or just interact with AMI-audio. Handle there, at AMI-audio. That's the way to do it. That's at AMI-audio on Twitter. Kelly McDonald here, Rend Ramya Muthan. Let's get into our tech talk as we do every Monday with Michael Babcock. It's time for Talking Tech with Michael, bringing you a shot of technology news to get your week going with sprinkles of assistive technology. Here we are, Michael, on a Monday. Lots to get to. Let's start with Microsoft Word because you can use it online to transcribe audio. Now, this sounds like it's a beneficial feature. Can you tell us why someone may want to do this? Yeah, so if you pay for transcription, either someone to go in and transcribe the audio for you, or if you use, well, let me take a step back. If you pay for that, then you're going to be paying a lot of money. Uh, That transcription, especially for reliable transcription, is not the cheapest service because you've got to pay someone to sit there and listen to the audio. And when you're paying someone to sit there and listen to the audio, uh, an hour of audio might take them 90 minutes or two hours to be able to get done so they can go back and make sure that everything is uh, is accurate. And then the, the automated transcription tools, for the most part, that have been available have not been the most reliable or accurate. So mm-hmm. Kelly Ford posted an article that really intrigued me, and I'm excited to play with it. Okay. So what is the process that someone would take if they were wanting to transcribe some audio from uh, Microsoft Word? 
So caveat, uh, first of all, these directions are coming from Kelly Ford's blog. So so what I share with you, they are written and they're available in the Top Tech Tidbits um, publication for the most recent Thursday episode. This will only work if you're using Microsoft Office Online. So the way that Kelly explained that he did is he would go to word.office.com and create a new document. Assuming that you are already signed into your account, all you need to do is just choose the new document option. And once you've done this, it'll bring you to a blank document. And I, I had never really considered using Office on the web. I use Google Docs on the web all the right. time, but I hadn't really played with Office on the web. So I got to play with this a bit. But if you press Control Shift F6, this will take you over to the ribbon and you can locate the uh, dictation option. And when you're navigating this, use your control left and right arrow keys to get through the ribbon. And then when you've gotten to dictation, you want to choose the transcribe option. When you press enter on this, um, then a new dialogue will open and focus should go to it. And something to be aware of in general with any of these web apps, including Office or Google or Slack or, or other tools, control F6 and F6 will get you through your screen or command F6 if on the Mac. So then you would tab over to the upload audio button and select that. Then you choose the audio that you want to upload, and then you'll be told that the audio is uploading and transcribing. You can then make modifications to the audio file if you would like. Uh, I'm sorry, make modifications to the transcribed text if you would like. It won't modify the audio file. And then when you're done, you can go ahead and choose the uh, add to document button. This will then put the transcription of the audio into your uh, document that you're working on. So again, use control F6 or control shift F6 to jump back over to the uh, document that it's transcribed. And then you can save it. It'll save in your default or your root OneDrive directory or wherever else you save it on your computer or in your OneDrive uh, uh, account. Okay. And are there any alternatives to this process, Michael? So the tool I used to use all of the time was one called Rev, R-E-V dot com. Uh, they used to be a dollar a minute of transcribed audio. So a 60-minute audio would cost me $60 U.S. They did recently, well, I guess about a year ago, increase their prices to a dollar fifty. I think it is, per minute. So it was a substantial increase. And when that happened, and that was humans going in and transcribing it for you. When that happened, I looked at otter.ai, which a lot of people may have heard of. Transcriptions are, uh, for the most part, okay, but they do, I mean, it is automated transcription. So if you've ever dictated to your phone, I think you know how that experience might go. Uh, and then the last tool that I am very comfortable with using is I use a tool called Alphonic to uh, normalize my audio and take out some of the background noises. And uh, Alphonic will let you integrate it with Amazon's um cloud services to be able to get a transcription of your audio. And that's actually not that bad. If you're curious what that looks like, you can go look at your A-Lady conversations and hear what she hears, and they use similar technology. So, so there's a lot of options available. None of them are going to be as accurate as paying a human to sit there and listen to your audio, though. Mm. You know, it's... I, I mean, again, you're hoping whenever anyone's using any of it, in most cases, especially bulk 
dictation that way that you've got the right environment, just like you would in, in your office. The most you may deal with is some music that you may run in the mm-hmm. background, and when it comes to the process, you just uh, yeah, <laughs> I probably can't really run that unless it's picking up the lyrics behind me. So really cool. We'll see how this unfolds. Um, what about, sir, uh, quite a while ago, I think back in the summer, we talked about the voice over uh, text checker, uh, a feature uh, that's on Mac iOS. Yeah, back earlier in the summer, I think it was. Can you remind yeah. us what this will allow users to do? Certainly. This is a tool that I think I might be using more because Rummy, I'll be happy to hear this. I've been I've been committing to the Mac. Uh, me and the Mac have had commitment issues, nice. but lately I've been I've been using it just fine. Uh, so Text Checker will allow you to check for Text Checker is supposed to allow you to check for uh, capitalization that's in the most uh, that's not in the correct places. It'll also check for misspelt words, punctuation that's out of place, and multiple characters that have been entered into a word. So if you're right there with two H's, then it would t- it's supposed to tell you, you, hey, you got two H's here. You might want to clean this up a little bit. Yeah, there's so, anybody who writes enough knows that there's so many workarounds we we utilize because there wasn't something like this. So it's pretty exciting. How do you use the tool? So this requires keyboard commander to be enabled. So the first step would be going to your voiceover utility. And this is only on the Mac. So so uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's not available on the phone. So on the Mac, you'll go into your voiceover utilities, go down to commanders, and then choose that option in the table, and then choose the keyboard commander tab that's available. Check that checkbox to turn it on if it's not already on. What this does is then takes your right option key and it makes it your uh, modifier to be able to trigger actions to happen within voiceover uh, while you press that. By default, the text checker is on letter D. So you would hold right option in the letter D for Delta. This will then go through and search your document and bring your focus over to the um, functionality of it and uh, or they, they would find the words that are kind of misspelled or have extra characters or extra letters or, or punctuation. And then you can make changes to the text at that point. I have heard and I have not had the best experience with this. It is a very new feature uh, that just came out uh, two weeks ago, I think, when Ventura was released. So if you're not on macOS Ventura, this won't be available to you. Um, And hopefully Apple will make some improvements to the experience to make it more reliable because I've read some users have had problems using it as well. So if you wanted to listen to a, a demo of using Text Checker, how can they do that? Yeah, so Apple Vis has a lot of great resources, and one of the podcasts was available showing you how you can use the text checker feature and some of the caveats, and uh, they go in and give you demonstrations of being able to do it. So check out the Apple Vis VIS podcast. Okay, pretty great. I mean, I think that it's pretty, uh, though it's not at the state where we're all necessarily happy with it, it's still something to make things better maybe a bit easier, especially for screen reader users. Now, And mm -hmm. uh, one thing to be aware of with this is, yes, this is a new feature that says that maybe Apple is going to consider making some improvements to voiceover. Now you can have eloquence on voiceover. So are we going to get Kelly over to uh, voiceover on the Mac? Wow. Oh, sure. Look, look, see, look. (laughs) Progress. Throwing this keyboard aside now. (laughs) 
so <laughs> fun to me to hear how people were loving eloquence being on voiceover now. Okay, let's talk about Slack. Now, this might be something familiar for a lot of people. Uh, it's a tool used in the workplace. Can you explain to us the layout of Slack? So Slack has a sidebar, um, and in the sidebar, you can view a list of all the channels, which are what Slack calls conversations, pretty much. So the most Slack instances come with a general and a random, and then the admins can add additional channels. Um, inside or below the channels is a list of the direct messages that you currently have with people. And if you press enter or you select one of these channels or direct messages, then it opens up a pane with all of the messages and an edit field at the bottom of that. So you can read up and down through those messages and then type responses to people using the edit field at the bottom. It's available on the web and it's also available as a downloadable application to any of your devices including mobile as well salesforce who owns slack has released some information about navigating slack with a screen reader what are some tips that they shared well, one of the tips is was kind of shared earlier, and that is when you're interacting with web-based applications, use your F6 key to be able to skip uh, through different sections of the tool. A lot of people naturally go to tab, but tabbing through Slack might not provide you the results you're expecting. So use your F6 key in order to be able to jump through different uh, uh, areas of the tool, and then use your arrow keys to go up and down through messages. There is a, a list of keyboard shortcuts for Slack that you can get to by tapping a question mark. For example, the letter E when you have a message highlighted that you wrote will let you edit that message or tapping your right arrow key will let you uh, reply to that specific message or view threaded conversations. I'm curious about your own experience uh, using Slack, Mike. How has it been? So... It's been good. Um, I My first exposure to Slack was in 2017 when I was working for a contact center, and we use Slack to communicate internally with the team. It's a lot faster than raising your hand and waiting for someone to come over and answer your question. Uh, and at first, it wasn't the best experience. Things started to get a little better. And honestly, when I'm on the Mac, it's a very good experience. You can just use your arrow keys to navigate and the F6 key and the tab key. Um, when you're on Windows, if you're a JAWS user, I do recommend recommend getting the scripts from Doug Lee at dlee.net in order to uh, make the Slack experience more like something you would expect uh, to, to interact with. So for the most part, it's been great. And uh, I'm using it every day now again. So. Hmm. so if you were teaching anyone, you'd be explaining and coming over and just, have you got that? Um, what is sound <laughs> notification in Android, sir? Sound notifications in Android is a feature that allows you to uh, be notified of sounds that are recognized. Uh, by default, it recognizes baby crying, uh, doorbells, and sirens. So it's used for people who might be hearing impaired and they need some assistance with being able to uh, hear those sounds and get notified of them. And an upgrade to the system was recently announced. What can people um, who are deaf or hard of hearing, how can they take advantage of it while on Android? Yeah, so one of the coolest things that is available is to now you can set up custom sounds. So if you have like a microwave beeping, you can train it to understand that sound and then you can write in the notification of what sound is being presented. Wow, that's wonderful. Okay, uh, very quickly, how would you set it up? 
Very quickly, you go and you find the sound notifications and settings on Android, or you go download the sound notifications app from the Google Play Store if you don't have it, and then you can go in and configure the custom sound. You play the sound, and then you write the text that you want for that notification, and it will then listen for that sound in your environment. Have you got that? Amazing, Michael. Awesome. Well, people will definitely have to re-listen to this podcast because we learned a lot today. So many demos. And I didn't even tell you about the new standing desk I got. So we'll talk about that next week. (laughs) Yeah, that falls under tech, 100%. Thanks, Mike. Of course. Have a great show. Thank you. Michael Babcock joining us on Mondays for our weekly Tech Talk, and we get to a little bit of everything. Speaking of weekly, on the other side of the break and coming up next, folks, Brock Richardson of the Neutral Zone, he brings us our weekly sports update right here on Kelly and Company. Sorry to be such a jerk as we return back to the show, but... Rummy earlier in the program was talking about leaves when I made the mistake and said she was, you know, at the home studio, right, which right. is actually at main campus. But you were talking about leaves blowing into your home, mm-hmm. and it just started me quivering thinking of all the things such as uh, what we've learned from our veterinarian, uh, things that animals have to be careful of. We've yeah. talked about it when it comes to kids and jumping around in leaves and piles and yeah, so yeah. I, I I must say I've had the concept, skin crawling, right? But yeah. But in reality, stuff um, lives in the leaves. When I was a kid, and we worried about the the lice thing, right? The lice scare mainly yes, yes. from leaves. But nowadays, like you 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 know, you worry about ticks and things that I didn't have to worry about as much as a kid about a tick grabbing yeah. a pile of leaves in my hand hey, and throwing them on kids and stuff like that. Now, oh my gosh. It's it's definitely terrifying. I mean, uh, my dog loves leaves, right? So when we're walking around, there's giant piles of leaves everywhere. Half of me is like, oh, this is so cute. And the other half's like, but, you know, walk slowly. Yeah, I don't want to comb <laughs> them later or be petting right. them. And uh, what bit me? Oh, what's a lo- stuck on me? Hello, Mr. Tick. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the, the days of that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. and being carefree, we're, we're learning way too much. Sometimes, folks, hosting a talk show like this, you learn too much. It's sometimes never good. Yeah. Speaking of never good, let's uh, no. He's always good, folks. I'm I'm kidding. Let's bring in Brock Richardson to talk sports. As a former athlete, I eat, sleep, and breathe everything sports. I'm Brock Richardson. Join me every Monday for your weekly sports highlights and our take on the weekend action. I couldn't carry it through, Richardson. I could not go with a segue like that about you. Wouldn't it be funny? Well, it wouldn't be funny, but wouldn't it be? Kind of sort of funny if I was terrible today after you're like, no, he's never terrible. And then today I was. Well, don't make me look like a liar, please. Don't even as a joke say, I'll show you to say something stupid like that. I'll pick you again. Uh, Sir, what's your leadoff item? So I have two things. They're both kind of small. Uh, The first one is that uh, the Indianapolis Colts have fired their coach, Frank Ritchie, after a 3 5 1 start. I don't know where I feel about this when you look at coaches, you know, getting fired. I understand that sometimes it's a little bit of a shakeup. Obviously, the Indianapolis Colts have not looked good at all this year. Yes, the three wins they've had, they got wins, sure. But in the five games they've lost, they've looked really bad. I do understand that. But I'm kind of, is the coach always the fix? I don't know. 
So nope. that's uh, that. That's the first one. The second one is still NFL related, and that is that the uh, media started saying that uh, some players and uh, higher ups that are involved in different teams have suggested that they want to move the trade deadline from week eight to about week 10 or 11. And I'm in support of this. I think that when you look at all leagues, there's about a quarter of the season left. So when you look at this, I think instead of doing it at the halfway point, move it back a couple of weeks and everyone would be happy. Certainly puts you in a position to kind of know where you stand regarding playoffs or playoff position or likelihood or not. Yeah, and like what would you do if you're, you know, uh, you know, 500 record, like 8-8. Eight and eight. You're kind of in that mix of, I don't know where we are. So I think they need to look at moving this back a little bit, and that would be better for everyone involved. Brocky, let's talk about this. Something significant going on with the NHL and Mitchell Miller. Um, what's happening? Fill us in. Okay, so let's go back to 2016. For those of you that may not know, Mitchell Miller was convicted at the age of 15 in juvenile court for racially abusing and bullying his developmentally uh, uh, disabled, pardon me, classmate, Isaiah Miller Carruthers. So, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, but before you get into the thoughts here, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman over the weekend made some comments. Do you want to share those with us? Yes. So uh, Gary Bettman is always very um, on the fence with these things. And he didn't hold back of being on the fence. He said, the Boston Bruins are free to sign him to an entry-level deal. But at this point, he is not permitted to play in the NHL until such time the Bruins provide all information that the NHL will request. And at this point in time, it's basically not the NHL's problem, according to Gary Bettman. He put it a little bit more diplomatically than I just did, because we're talking about the American Hockey League, who although is at the arm's length of the NHL, it's still a separate entity. Right. Okay, so it it feels like a little bit of um, tossing the if not blame, you know, tossing it around to see who has to really take take this into consideration. What are your thoughts on all of it? Uh, it is a case of passing the buck. Exactly. There is no doubt about that. You know, Gary Bettman, albeit he was diplomatic and he said the right things, he's not going to say at this moment in time one way or another. He's not going to say this guy is not able to ever be in our league nor is he going to say he he can be in our league. We're not in a position where he's there. He's only 20 years old. He's now signed to an entry-level deal. That's fine. That's well and good. But Gary Bettman really only wants to deal with the things that are right in front of him, in front of his face. And right now he's looking at it going, yeah, that's over there. This is all well and good. My particular thoughts are the following. Number one, the Boston Bruins players do not support this signing at all. Um, They believe that this is not okay to be bullying a developmentally uh, disabled individual at all in one 
way, shape, or form. I don't think so either. I've been bullied all through my life. It's just not cool. But at this point, the NHL is not going to stick their neck out one way or the other. I think the NHL has stuck because we see other leagues that a team may have an incident with a player. They move them. The player still plays in the league. We know that bullying of all kinds goes on, has no place, whether it's a workplace or school place, it goes on. And somebody committing a bullying act as a, as a teenager, you hope to heavens that by a, as a late teenager, young adult, they've, they've learned their lesson. They've smartened up. Can you change what you've done in your past and help you know, make, make good uh, or, or take back what you, whatever you want to say? No, you can say sorry. You can leave that person alone, but whatever scars are still there. I, I guess the concern in it, that I would say that someone like Batman has and what I think he's waiting on, as we see from Gary usually, um, all things shall pass. When will be yes. the right appropriate time to bury this kid in the minors, move him up, you know, and get him into the NHL where again, a different type of bullying goes on, right? So an adult bullying, uh, it, it, it is something that would you be, would, would, a, would a radio broadcaster finding out that you were a jerk at 14, Brock, fail to hire you at 26? And whether we want to say they should or shouldn't, that is the case of the world. The NHL needs to deal with this on a level of if you're going to make this a big deal in any capacity, the goal is I want all these young people at 8, 10, 12 years old who are thinking of playing hockey to understand if you're doing that crap now, pray no one finds out and stop it. And also to your point, Kelly, and I just want to go on this, is to say that there are certain professions that you are held to a different standard. I'm not going to say a higher standard. I don't like using that frame. So what I'm going to say is, a different standard. And I think it applies to us in the media. We are held to a different standard. Hockey players, professional athletes are held to a different standard. And this is the case. Is Gary Bettman going to say about this 20-year-old yay or nay on this? Probably not because he likes to usually play Switzerland until the very last minute when he has to deal with something. But you cannot be bullying anybody at any point, any way, shape, or form. And the NHL is already hard enough as it is, as is professional sports in general. So I'm just not sure that this is the right fit now for him, whether he's uh, sorry for it or, or, or not, which everything points to he's sorry. But you have to learn from it and understand you can't do that at all in any way in life, let alone in a place where the spotlight is shines brighter. So, yep. yeah, and as we see with Canada see hockey, everyone has to learn especially those coming behind. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, shall we talk a little bit about what's coming up on the next edition of the Neutral Zone? Yes. So uh, we are talking to Rhonda Gohari, who is uh, part of the Ontario Blind Sports Association, and she is going to come on and talk about the gala that's coming up. And with that, there is a bit of an announcement that will likely come out of this uh, this interview, which I will be able to tell you more uh, next week on this, this particular spot. But it'll be an interesting interview to see uh, what comes out. I am very much looking forward to being 
a attendee of this evening as it's always fun awesome and i apologize brock sorry uh I, let's pick up the ball here with uh major league baseball um with the last conversation piece there my mind just was stuck on disgust, I guess, of, of this whole bullying stuff. Uh, the World Series has wrapped up for another year. The Houston Astros are champions for another year. What are your thoughts on this? And I have a feeling I know where we may digress a little bit too, but I think it still has to be said. Maybe not. What a, um interesting series. I think that the Houston Astros were the better team in this series there's no doubt about that uh dusty baker uh wins his first world series as a manager that's cool for me i look at this and i say because we talked about it briefly uh a couple of weeks ago i think about the fact that when the houston astros cheated maybe if they won it would you know legitimize it no i still don't see that i look at this and i say well you know now as an organization you're good enough not to do that and so but all in all congratulations to the Houston Astros for winning the World Series I was hoping for a game seven because the the NFL game last night was a bit of a garbage game so I was hoping for something a little deeper than that uh to go on but nonetheless the uh, World Series champion has been crowned Rob Thompson of Ontario here, Sarnia, Ontario. Really happy to see what he, the celebrity he became in Philadelphia. Tremendous stuff. I, I feel it, for me, legitimizes Houston. I mean, we I think they were legitimate quite a while ago, legit, had great, legit, great cred as a team over the past couple of years. They took their, their kicks when they'd go to different uh, opposing team stadiums and people called them out for as they should have been. I would have preferred Brock and think it could have been put to bed much easier if he had just stripped them of that previous, you know, um, World Series. It, it just, to me, it could have, would have been cleaner. It's, to me, the right thing to do. And it certainly sends the message, knock off the cheating. Knock off yeah. the game playing. There's no place in this game for it. And these are the consequences. And when you don't um, strip an athlete or a team of that, you don't necessarily condone it, but you're not, for lack of a better phrase, you're not decondoning it either Mm-mm. um and so for me it's um it's i don't know i just think you're right i think they should have been uh been been stripped but again we can sit here and say if chips and nuts uh were what they were we'd all be having a party so yep, yep. here we are well Congratulations to all involved. The wonderful performances by both teams. You never knew each night what you were going to get as you tuned in. Thanks, Brock. Thank you. Brock Richardson hits us with the latest sports updates on Mondays right here on Kelly and Company. As mentioned, check him and the rest of the gang out on the Neutral Zone Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio, also available as a podcast and on YouTube. In two minutes, when we return... Joining us to chat about the second season of AMI-TV's Fashion Disc and to let us know how you might be able to be cast in that season is host of the show, Arda Shepherd. in a moment.
Remember to check out the Kelly and Company podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. We are available to you from your favorite platform. Just look for AMI-audio, Kelly and Company. You can listen to the show in segment form or the complete Kelly and Company podcast experience is always available to you with an audio vanity card put on the end of it. Thanks for being with us. Ramya Muthan, Kelly McDonald, host of the show. And just to, just to clarify that the Boston Bruins yesterday did decide to rescind that contract offer to uh, Mitchell Miller, uh, who, of course, uh, had originally had his draft rights relinquished by Arizona, Arizona for bullying uh, the classmate in question that Brock was speaking uh, about back in middle school. I um, think a lot of that had to do with the pressure from the commissioner and the teammates themselves. That would be a horrible environment if you were brought up into play in. So I uh, just wanted to make sure that note was there in case you, you missed any of that in the conversation with Brock a little while ago. As mentioned, I'm Kelly McDonald with my co-host, Ramya Muthan. Well, this time on Mondays, we like to check in with all kinds of initiatives, programs, things to keep you posted on about AMI. And there's always something new going on. And today, we're talking about the second season of AMI-TV's Fashion Diss. Uh, It's a really fun show. Lots of great conversation about it we've already had on the show. But season two is uh, being casted at the moment. So to find out how you can get involved, you can get casted, and what season two is going to be about, we have host of the show joining us, Ardra Shepard. Ardra, nice to have you back on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And congratulations also to you both for your new TV show. That's super exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so much to keep people updated on. (laughs) Yes, lots exciting going on. Very much so. Okay. As I always say, we get to have fun, all of us, and get to play TV and radio. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. I want to get a refresher for uh, listeners, viewers, people who might be new to finding out about Fashion Disc. So can you give us a refresher on what the show is and how season one uh, was executed? Executed. I would love to tell you about this show because really there's no other show like this out there. It is a lifestyle show. It's a makeover series that centers people with disabilities and we haven't seen that before. This is a community of people who are so often left out of the fashion and beauty industry. And so this show is about elevating and celebrating the style potential of people with disabilities, but it's also about bringing awareness to the brands and designers that are working in in accessible uh, design and and universal design as well. So when we had you on last time, this is an area kind of, I know we, we were promoting, doing our thing, and now we have a little more of that time to kind of say, okay, for you on the value, your personal value on hosting this show, I'm kind of curious from your viewpoint what that is because I stop and think for myself as a person who most of my life didn't really care. You know, oh, it's Christmas time. Let's see what I get from family members in the way of clothing and, and a style. All right. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got a bit of a style, some boots and leather jacket. Okay. Um, but as time went on and I, I ran into someone at a clothing place who helped me get an interest in what I could be wearing, especially when, when I moved on to television and didn't want to look like some big guy just, you know, standing there with the wrong stuff on. I, I kind of wanted a little fashion sense. And I started to enjoy going and doing a little shopping and, and having some fun 
and getting, I, I don't want to say style, current, with it. that wasn't the point. It was stuff that for me felt great, fit well, which a lot of us struggle with. And I'm certainly sure a lot of persons with disabilities, maybe at their points in life, even if they were interested, may have given up. But what is that value for you doing this show in season one now that it's passed? There are so many layers to this. I think that fashion and how we dress and style ourselves is maybe one of the first ways that we have to express ourselves and to claim our identities. Mm -hmm. And as a disabled person, I think society has this narrative that we are sometimes to be, to be pitied. And I, I think being able to project an image of confidence, of joyfulness through fashion choices for me almost feels a bit um, radical in a, in a way, but it's, it's like a, 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 a silent way of, of asserting my, my own identity. But you touched on something really important about accessibility. And, you know, I think one of the first points where fashion becomes inaccessible to people with disabilities is not seeing ourselves represented in, in marketing and in advertising and in fashion magazines, on TV, everything else. But mm -hmm. beyond that, you know, there are style challenges that so many different bodies can face. Also, whether, you know, dexterity makes buttons and zippers uh, difficult or footwear can be a major concern for so many of us, whether you have drop foot or you have an orthotic, there are all these layers. And so it's, it's a really exciting time for fashion, which is finally becoming aware of these needs and addressing them. And a lot of people with disabilities don't know that these products exist. So, you know, part of the show, a big part of it is creating this space where people with disabilities can take up space in the fashion and beauty world. But it's also about sharing awareness of the tools and resources that are out there for us. Okay. I want Rami to jump off of a comment I just want to make here. Um, I think some of the issue for a lot of us with disabilities, and depending on your circumstance, is a lot of time people think we've got other things to think about. That's not what what would I, what would you worry about? What you know, a fashion statement or or not even a statement, uh, a, a fashion sense. But a lot of us would love to be able to do, but we know we have to trust, especially those of us with vision impairments, somebody else to help guide us. And how do you learn that voice you you want to trust? Um, out there and why. Rami, I'm going to throw that to you and you can say or not say and then Hydra, you can give us your opinion on what you ran into. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, I'd say one of the biggest challenges I've had is not even recognizing what I like in fashion, uh, let alone, you know, what makes me feel good. But how do I know I like something? Because everything felt like, up until a certain point in my life, a visual interpretation of what somebody else liked, right? Or um, what somebody thinks fits uh-huh. me. Um, and fashion, you know, we we had this conversation on Kelly and Company years ago where somebody talked about how fashion is so empowering to them and what they choose, what they feel uh, when they go through their wardrobe in the mornings and what they decide to put on for the day empowers them. It brings the strength out of them. It brings that emotion out of them, whatever it may be. And I think that's what I hear when I uh, imagine why the show is so valuable. Ardra? Absolutely. And I think you've touched on something really important. So with season one, we were a, we had six episodes. So we were mm-hmm. able to explore six different participants for season two. We've got six more. And I, this, you know, this interview is also about the casting call that we're putting out. Yeah. I would encourage 
people with uh, vision loss, a vision impairment to apply because that's from, that's one of the stories we'd really like to explore is how do we we help you create this identity through fashion? How do we make this meaningful for you when when vision loss is is one of the barriers that you face to figuring out what what you feel awesome in? Yeah, yeah it is 100% true. You know, if you don't have the visual interpretation or you've lost it um how do you re-find that and re-explore it so let's talk about the casting a little bit before we really have to let you go <laughs> so who can apply yeah. who can apply how do they do it and what what can you um what are you expecting of them or what can they expect of the show well it's simple you just need to send an email to fashion at nikkiraymedia.com and Nikki Ray, the producer, will put you in touch with next steps. The casting call is in the greater Toronto area, so you have to be able to get to Toronto. And, of course, you have to have a disability. So I would encourage listeners to think about the what barriers to style you have. You know, this show isn't about fixing people. It's about helping you find solutions to the barriers that the industry has put in place. Um, moving into season two, uh, as the host, what yep. are you most excited about as as the host? And what does it mean to you? And, and I know probably people out there are going to say, what a dummy question, that the show was renewed. I, I, I'm asking for what it means to you. Oh, it's I was thrilled that the show got renewed because the, these stories, impact people and we don't have enough of these examples and when you are part of a marginalized community and there are so few stories being told it's it's really hard to it's a lot of pressure on a limited number of stories to be able to see yourself and so we need to tell more stories so that as many people as possible can find their place in this world i don't think that the fashion uh, and style industry is as frivolous as it might have a reputation for. For me, mm. this is about being yourself and fitting in and uh, forging an identity and being a part of, of the world in, in, in a way that makes you feel confident and empowered and, and that you can express yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's changing the narrative from like, do I fit into this, what's already out there and what everybody believes is fashion or can I find what fashion means to me? Um, And I'm sure that the crew, you know, the stylists and makeup artists and everyone from season one, including yourself, are there to help create that supportive space for season two. I mean, we are we are just thrilled. And even I just want to circle back to something Kelly said about um the the expectations that the world has you know i think sometimes with disability we can be infantilized or desexualized and there is this idea that we don't care about how we look and that could right. not be further from the truth yeah. so you know as much as this show is for people with disabilities it's also about normalizing the experience of disability within the greater culture mm-hmm. Arjur, thank you so much. Your perspectives are incredible. Um, all the best for season two, and we hope you get tons of candidates. Thank you so much. Really looking forward to it and looking to your show as well. Thanks for having me. Take care.
We were talking to the host of Fashion Dis on AMI-tv, Ardra Shepard. Also, you can check her and Alex out on uh, Tripping on Air, the podcast all about living with MS. So lots of ways to catch Ardra on the network. Um, in hour two of the program on our CNIB Smart Life chat, we're joined by Smart Life coaches Mason and Maria to discover some accessible gifts for the holiday. On Know Your Rights, Danielle McLaughlin discusses the federal bill C-22, the proposed Canada Disability Benefit. But up next, it's a visit with our community reporter in Ottawa, Kim Kilpatrick. Catch the Pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time. This week, Joita talks to Memorial University researcher Lee Lewis, the creator of the Dialysis Project, about a one-woman show exploring the lived experience as an at-home dialysis patient. That's the Pulse at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific time right here on AMI-audio, also available as a podcast and on YouTube. All over the place you can find The Pulse. My goodness. Kelly McDonald at the home studio, London, Ontario. Ramya Muthan over there on main campus at AMI. And we welcome you back to uh, Hour 2 of the program. And we, on Mondays and Tuesdays, get a chance to settle down and listen into what's happening in different regions around the country. We welcome Kim Kilpatrick from Ottawa here to join us today. Kim, welcome back. Hello, hello. It is like summer here, but it is very windy. Mm. You guys still have the wind, eh? We were talking about at the top of the show. It was nuts here on Saturday. Oh, it's really windy. Not quite as much as on the weekend, but still. But it's been so warm. It's been in the 20s and the high teens. It's very interesting for this time of year. when traveling, in what would you say, between rain, snow, or wind, which one is for you the worst to travel in? Wind. Yeah, that's what I say, hands down. I think. Mm. Nothing yeah. to me compares yeah, with the others. No way. I mean, a blizzard with wind is, is worse than just wind Rain with wind by is horrible. Itself. Snow with wind, wind Rain by with itself. Rain with wind, not as bad, but snow with wind. Yep. Snow with wind because it covers up your, like your landmarks where your feet and stuff, I would say. Yeah. But wind is the worst of the three. Like if I was going to... Well, it's loud, and in, like you say, if there's snow, want. it changes the environment on you. It's sneaky. It's like... <laughs> That's why I can't do with the snow, because then I lose the tactile skills with the cane, right? Yes. Which I find to yeah. be yeah. much more throwing off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But the wind is hard at intersections. Like, like I'd yep. much... You know, the wind is just hard. Um yeah, so it can be a bright, sunny day, more. and wind can be a pain, right? That that's I guess what I'm saying. Out of yeah. all the things, I just really, you know, I mean, hey, it's nice inside yeah. when you're, you know, watching something or whatever, or reading a, an <laughs> audio book, and it's that's beautiful. But yeah, and he's no, like, no, oh, no it's so nice. Yeah, yeah, when you're out in it, get yeah. out of here. Uh, Kim, right. let's talk about the Gladstone <laughs> Theater, who are back with a radio play for Remembrance Day entitled "Voices from the Front," the radio show. Yeah, so I've told this. Uh, on the show before about the radio play and they have one w- once a year usually at Christmas and I've been to a couple of them and it, it's just people reading on stage and they have the um, Kelly you'll remember the name of that thing that does all the sound effects like the box the foley. it's like a big oh. foley yeah the yep. foley yep. they have the foley and they have they pretend they sing 
pretend commercials from like you know the 40s and that like it's very fun um but they've changed it this year they're doing one for remembrance day uh so it's voices from the front the first half is going to be world war one kind of letters and then the second half i guess world war two and i think they're practicing it so they can take it into schools which i think is really quite cool um and so the radio play it, it's really fun like and it's good for us because it's all there's no i mean there's acting but there's no props and there's no moving around and so it's just the people on the stage doing like a radio play and and so it's it's very accessible to us. So um, that's gonna be that's gonna be great that they're back and they're doing this this new radio play. And they are um, they're not streaming. They were streaming last year. Sometimes they're not streaming. I wish they did stream this one, but they're not. And so they do have some performances that are more distant. So they'll they'll have fewer people in it and some that aren't. So you kind of just need to to check with them to see uh, how it how it is, which one you know you might want to go to. But it's from the ninth to the eleventh, and there's some matinee performances and um, some evening performances, and oh yeah, there's one on the twelfth too. I see that on the twelfth. So the full capacity seating is on November ninth and November eleventh at two thirty and seven thirty. And then um, some of the other ones will have some limited, or not limited capacity, but they'll distance more. So if you don't feel as comfortable, it's a really nice little theater. It's in um, kind of in Little Italy. It's It used to be the GCTC before the GCTC moved, and they do a lot of really interesting things, and they're independent. So it's, it's, it's a nice little theater. I like to support them. And uh, the radio play is always fun. I don't think this one will be lighthearted because it's like story well you know that can be lighthearted too so i don't know but it should be really good though i think okay well we have the details you sent to us and we'll put that up on our blog ami.ca slash kelly co exactly um kim tell us about the city of ottawa recreation programs that are going on yeah so i just looked in here uh, out of curiosity and i've realized how many things and i think a lot of us don't realize how many things are, are programs our cities have, you know, especially when we've lived in the city for a long time, we're not thinking about all the recreational mm-hmm. programming and the, um, you know, the virtual, like they still have a lot of virtual programming, the skating, the swimming, the, you know, the lessons of things like that. And sometimes if you want to take a lesson in something, it can be cheaper to do it through the city. So, so fitness programs, but also um, I took once I took pottery through the city, you know, there's arts and culture things, there's a lot. And um, I gave you a different link because unfortunately when I went to ottawa.ca to look them up, it wasn't as accessible as this link here, um, which is interesting, uh, join.ottawa.ca. Um, and that seemed more accessible. So uh, unfortunately for the city, the one that, that, that they had just was very confusing to me. But it's amazing all the things that they have. I just didn't even know, like cooking and, you know, all different kinds of fitness. And and for all age uh, groups. All the different places. Yeah, for all age groups, like for kids and for adults and seniors and, um, you know, accessibility programming. So you can have people that uh, they will find volunteers to go with you to some programs if you feel more comfortable with that. 
there there's just so much that the cities have to offer and i think we don't think about that you know we don't often always think about our cities in that way in terms of the recreation and i think we really should because i think it's also a economical way of yeah. taking taking programs taking courses and for sure, if you call in and and investigate, you may be able to find some subsidies or other ways that you can, um, you know, have the support that you need to take part in the programs. And that's, uh, you know, considering that they have yeah. personnel and people working on yeah. diversity and inclusion and all of these different initiatives, right? Yeah, you can. And also, some of them have discounts, right? Sometimes, mm-hmm. like I think every city is different and sometimes they'll have discounts. And they'll have, or they'll have a two for one if you, you know, want to uh, go with someone to to certain class or something like that. So there's lots of things, and and I would definitely explore those um, when when you want to do something. Look up the city and see what they've got near you, because all the cities have community centers scattered all across the city. Mm-hmm. So yeah. chances yeah. are there's something nearby where you are too. Yeah. And I think it's really important. It's really good um, to look around for what your city has to offer and take advantage of it. And as you're getting into winter, you know, maybe you're stuck inside, maybe you want to do some of this virtual programming or you want to go somewhere and skate or swim or do fitness or go to a gym or something like that. It's it's really great to be able to do all of these with your city. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Kim, I love this next one that you've got from Braille Literacy Canada, and it's a wonderful workshop about something I don't think we think enough of, forgetting how much our Braillers and (laughs) Braille devices go through because our hands are on them. Absolutely. Now, the last time someone cleaned my brailler, they said there was an awful lot of dog hair in it. And oh. I guess we can't help that because it oh, blows it around. Du- right? It keeps the, the dust And company. inside the Perkins, it just, just gets the dog hair in there. So, um, yeah, so we're doing a workshop with Braille Industry Canada on uh, the 19th of November coming up. And it's a work to, uh, workshop with Rick Chant. And Rick Chant has been repairing... Uh, Braille devices and, and things for more than 25 years. And he uh, used to be with Aroga, when Aroga and then he, now he's with um, Canadian Assistive Technology. But he has his own company called Chaos Technical Services. And he repairs a lot of things, including talking book players and all kinds of things. But he's going to talk specifically about keeping our devices clean, um, our Perkins Brailers clean, and also Braille displays that we might have or, or things like that to keep them clean and in good repair. But also, what happens when we send them? So I said to him, well, what happened when I was arranging this with him? What happens when we send them in? What happens? Like, what do you do? And so he's definitely going to talk about that. So the date is uh, November 19th, and the time is 1 p.m. Eastern. This is a Saturday. And to register, you should email info at blc-lbc.ca. And uh, so I think I'm really excited about this because, uh, like you say, Kelly, I mean, you can't not have your hands on these devices. So you got your hands on them. Um, and some people say, yes, clean it with alcohol. And some people say, don't do that with a Braille display. And then some people say, you know, with the Perkins, you have to do this or that. Or, so we want to hear from him because he knows Um what do you do and how can you keep things working longer without having to send them in? And when you do send them in, what do they check? What happens? What do they do? You know, how do they fix them? 
that those kind of things. And so I think it'll be I think it'll be really really interesting because I actually don't know the answers to a lot of these questions. And we all have these devices, and when we lose them for some mm. reason, we realize how much we depend on them. So yeah. I think it, it's going to be great. If we could uh, do really some of that great. work ourselves, especially the, the cleaning of a brailer. My brailer ends up sitting too long. Dust and everything gets into the, the oils yeah. and just destroys it because yeah. it sits there. You go to use it, and it jams. The, the, the pins jam. So um, I can think much yeah. the same with a, with a braille display, whether you're using it or not, because of Absolutely. the oils in your, your skin. Kim, thanks a lot. The oil's we'll, in your hands. Yep, mm, exactly. We'll talk to you next okay. month. We'll put all this up on our blog. Talk. Appreciate it. Talk later. Kim Kilpatrick out of Ottawa, ami.ca slash Kelly Co. for dates and information on the subjects she brought to us. That's where we put them, uh, all that information on the Kelly and Company blog. And remember, we talk with our community reporters on Mondays and Tuesdays right here on the program. Up next, thinking of gifts for... Christmas? Uh, you better be. It's getting that time, folks. On our CNIB Smart Life chat today, we're joined by Smart Life coaches Mason and Maria to discover great, accessible gifts for the holidays. We'll talk to them after this. Want to do a little exploring? Maybe right from your television? Find AMI-audio right there, folks. MTS customers, you guys can find us on uh, channel 704. And Rogers, Ontario, look for us over on channel 196. Visit ami.ca slash audio for a list of channel locations in your area. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. Going to be fun talking holidays so early in the season. Well, it's technically not. We should... Probably people have started their holiday shopping. I'm not going to say we because I didn't. Um, But if you're considering what to get for your loved ones, your friends, your family members uh, who have low vision or who have blindness, then you're in luck because we're talking with Mazen Mazen and Maria. And uh, Mazen joining us from Montreal and Maria in Calgary. They're CNIB Smart Life coaches. So at this time, as we like to check in with our friends from CNIB Smart Life, we're actually going to be exploring gifts for the holiday season with accessibility and inclusivity in mind. So both of you, Mazen and Maria, thank you for coming on Kelly and Company. Thank you. for Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this conversation. And you got tons of gifts on the list for us to check out. So let's start with those top gifts uh, on your Boxing Day wish list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, like for me, I really like a lot of devices that CNIB Smart Life offers. But one device that always, you know, kind of interacts with me is the Hable One Bluetooth enabled Braille keyboard. Because it allows me to avoid some spelling mistakes while typing on my iPhone. Besides, it gives users some control over their smartphones by performing um, some keyword shortcuts. This device I really like. There's another one is uh, the Lyric and its text-to-speech capabilities. Mm. Yeah, this is definitely a throwback for us because we've had conversations with representatives about Lyric, about Hable One. Um, so we'll we'll get into the details in a sec. But yeah, Maria, you got some stuff too. I have. Oh yeah, I've got my my wish list is full. Um, <laughs> my number one, <laughs> my number one is always uh, bump dots actually, because of course they just help me differentiate things by touch. 
And so, for example, at night, I can actually tell which of the bins is my compost bin rather than having to open it and smell it because that's just awful. I know. Hey, Um, and then, you know, at the absolute top of my list, which I don't know if I'll ever get it because it is expensive, but the end vision glasses, I just absolutely love the OCR features and then it's gesture control. It's, you know, if anybody's ever listening and wants to get me something, (laughs) definitely number one. Wow, that sounds amazing and how, you know, much you can you can do with them. So you want to cover a little bit so that folks know a little bit about what the, what they do, what makes them so magical at the special magic yeah. time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mhm. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Tell actually, tell us yeah, go ahead. Yeah, actually for the lyric, you know, uh, like um I really like the device because it's portable, easy to use, automatic, um and accurate text to speech solution, like to help and assist individuals with blindness and vision impairments by scanning documents and reading them out loud. Mm-hmm. So all what the users need to do is to place the text on top of the lyrics surface and boom you know it will play magic so uh, it will read the text immediately so it's that simple to use for this reason i really like this device it's pretty fast isn't it and it's picking yeah, it up and, here, and yeah. Good. we were yeah i remember we had that discussion but it it's so incredibly fast mm-hmm. exactly exactly and for this reason i really like this device like it's intuitive incredibly fast accurate so totally. you know and portable as well so right yeah the portability is obviously a big one because you don't want to just limit your uh use of it yeah the use of it to stationary at home the more you can utilize it everywhere the better uh and speaking of which other devices that help in this way as well maria like you said is the envision glasses so tell us more about yep. what they do yeah i mean in terms of portability Definitely high mm-hmm. on the list because the Envision glasses, I mean, they're, they're smart glasses. And so the right arm of the glasses, it has a camera and it's got a little tiny screen or a small screen on the top right there. And so those guys, they use a combination of the Google Glass 2 and Envision's AI technology. Mm-hmm. And that they use that to read text, detect faces and colors, recognize cash, describe the scene in front of you, explore objects around you. The list is massive. Like it's it's so much it can do. And so the other part of it too that I really appreciate is that you can video call a person you have assigned that's called your ally. And so they can see what you're seeing with that camera. And, you know, they can help you out if let's say you're trying oh. to look at a pin pad or you're trying to, you know, figure out if you're at the right intersection. Yeah. And they have um, your perspective. Exactly. Exactly. That's the best part. Um, and so, uh, and then, you know, they're, they're in the hands-free tool, right? Like the portability is insane. It's, it's again, great present. If anybody's listening, um, (laughs) can can you tell us, um, is there a lot to the glasses in terms of buttons or, you know, things you have to figure out? I mean, yes and no. Like, of course they are, you know, it does have, I would think it's six gestures you have to learn. It doesn't have any um, buttons. It has a touchpad on the right arm. Okay. And so really the way I always explain it is once you know the gestures, you know them. You can't forget them. And so, they're they're fairly, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, give us an example. Like when you say gestures for people, do you actually mm-hmm. hand in front or touch it and do your like a swipe like we would with a, a with an iPhone or something? Yes, exactly. So that's what I was going to say, actually. It's kind of like your phone because you touch the touchpad. You literally put your finger to it. And let's say if you want to go through the menu, you would swipe from the back to the front to go through all the different options, or you can swipe front to back to go backwards. 
you do that double tap similar to voiceover or talkback. You do the double tap to press OK. You do the um, the swipe down with one finger to go back. You know, the, there's six total gestures, but once you know them, you know them. They're they're wow. fairly straightforward. That's it's, really it's, great. Uh, yeah. And, and fairly, as you say, fairly simple. Okay. So simple once you get it. <laughs> Mason, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, definitely. You know, like uh, right now with the holiday season approaching really fast. So, you know, like for low vision kind of folks out there, you know, like large print kind of um, calendars, large print playing cards, and um, maybe bingo cards are extremely popular right now, you know, on mm -hmm. the holiday season. But for those who want to kind of take it one step ahead and to, um, you know, like take go the extra mile maybe i su I really suggest the blind trail classic 2 cellular phone oh, mm -hmm. um, yeah. monoculars binoculars some eyedrop guides why not um tv max from Eschwambach, and the list goes on right. and on you know like there are a lot of great devices that will definitely help someone who is in need so can you talk about the uh eyedrop guide Oh, yeah, like, you know, like uh, the eyedrop guide is a little thing that we put on top of our eyes and, um, you know, like uh, we can drop eye drops, you know, into our eyes. <laughs> it's that simple, you know, so it's super So that you, yeah, if you're nervous about that kind of thing and you eye drop regularly. <laughs> okay. Or you're yeah, exactly. squinting yeah. and crunching your eyes up like Kelly does, you know, <laughs> it's almost you need something that <laughs> yeah. kind of pries the eye open. Now, of, of popularity, of I mean, there's some great stuff here that you you guys are listing here and things that people are really, you know, um, would look, look, look at. Um, something like a liquid level detector, for example, or the, the cards. Mm -hmm. Are we looking at things like that as your more popular items that you guys find still fly off the shelf? Oh, 100% for me, the liquid level detector, it is, it's a lifesaver, honestly, because it's something we don't really think about or you know, people with sight may not think about as quickly that it's something that we may need some support with. And so, you know, it's something so simple as you just hook it onto the cup, you fill up the cup, and once it gets to the level that, you know, maybe you need to really start paying attention, it beeps and vibrates, and you cannot miss the fact that you are getting to that higher level. So, you know, also you don't have to put your out. finger... Well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the big thing, isn't it, Maria? Because so many of us who are vision impaired, you know, at home, you're doing your thing. It doesn't matter if you're sticking in your own glass as long as you wash your hands for, to, and then yeah. wash them again. But if you have company and there's nothing like, yeah, can I get you a drink? Yeah. Uh, could you first take your <laughs> finger out of your glass, please? Not or my glass? Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, the boiling We're water. Tends to... chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else, Maria, like what else is really great, especially if you have no vision, uh, for, for, gifting? um, yeah. So the braille playing cards actually are really popular as well. And then, um, a friend of mine actually has our push lock because it, and she uses it all the time when we go to the, the gym and then, you know, she just uses those day lockers. They're fairly straightforward. You just push the buttons or the numbers that you need and, um, it's it's not as intuitive when you first look at it, which is, I think, part of its brilliance, because then you can't just randomly open it up yeah. on somebody. Yep. Yeah, but it's that one's really popular, too, actually. Yeah, I remember fighting with combination locks. I didn't think you guys had cards <laughs> left. I thought Rummy and her friends <laughs> bought them all. I know. <laughs> all the Braille cards are gone. Um, Miz, and before we move on to how people can get these things, uh, can you talk a little bit more and describe the Max TV glasses? 
Oh yeah, the maxi V glasses, like um, you know, um, kind of partially sighted folks could put them on, and they will give kind of two point one x maybe zoom, you know. So it's like they are made to watch TV, you know, so to help and to assist someone who is partially sighted to better watch the TV. So um, yeah, for this reason, they are really kind of come in handy, you know, to watch right now the uh, series for Christmas and movies for Christmas. <laughs> so. You know, they can do this with the TV, with Max TV from Eschenbach. I'm going to ask you, too, on something, and I don't mean to put you guys on the spot. We talk about <laughs> the large print Braille calendars, or Braille calendars, print calendars. That's interesting. <laughs> large print Braille. Are there Braille calendars available? Um, I know they used to always be in very limited supply when they were around. There are, yes. How much supply there is, off the top of my head, could not tell you, but there are definitely 2023 Braille calendars available. Awesome. Thank you. That's great. We used to love them. (laughs) Yeah. No, they're definitely popular as well. And then one thing, I don't know how I miss them, but because they come up all the time for us, I think, um, are the talking watches and clocks. Mm -hmm. Those are absolute number one, by and large, super popular, very helpful. Yeah. I love this list, guys, like all we everything we've gone through so far, because there is the high tech, there's the low tech, there's the everyday, you know, classic things. And there's the newer uh, technology that's come out and, and things that have become popular more and more lately, like the, the Blind Shell Classic 2 phones and things like that. Um, but it's a nice review for us because all throughout the year we talk to our friends from CNIB Smart Life and and all over the world um, about these technologies. And so you guys have basically come here and, and summarized <laughs> a lot of it for us, which is wonderful. How would someone get a hold of the CNIB Smart Life uh, to pamper our family members and friends with these great <laughs> gifts? Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, we have 21 Smart Life centers all across Canada from coast to coast to coast. Maria, she's in Calgary, so everyone in Alberta, please reach out to her. You want to Bombard her, yes. Okay. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. back, Or who is a French speaker, please feel free to reach out and I will be thrilled to help you. Okay. Yeah, and we also do have our website, cnibsmartlife.ca, all one word. And then if you are not able to get our phone numbers, we do have the contact center. Their phone number is 1-866-659-1843. You can call them and you can actually um, buy presents or things in general over the phone or you can ask them to, you know, get you in touch with the closest Smart Life Center. They're always, always happy and always right in who they get you in touch with. So mm-hmm. I would definitely trust them. They yeah, know what they're doing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and and you can trust them. You can check out the products, right? Like we've been hearing mm-hmm. about the um, uh, demo opportunities that are available to people around Canada, um, especially if this is the first time you're hearing about some of these devices and you don't know if you want them as a gift yet. Amazing. Well, thank you for taking the time talking to us today. Uh, appreciate your perspectives and um, telling us, you know, what you have on your wish list. So hopefully people are listening to share the podcast with them. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, guys. Yes. Happy holidays. The best Thanks, to you. Mason and Maria joining us. Mason in Montreal, as he said, and Maria in Calgary talking to us about the uh, CNIB Smart Life gift list that you can check out. Lots of fun things to review, Kels. And actually, it's a nice refresher. Oh, because, from, very much for us. Yeah, I was going to say, some of these things you have already and others, you're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. And I love that some of the things that are so 
like my old Braille calendars, you know, that basic thing that's always been there, still there, still being grabbed up by people, uh, as long as they don't grab them up before I can get to one. Coming up next, folks, on Know Your Rights with Danielle McLaughlin, the proposed Canada Disability Benefit uh, we'll be chatting about today with Danielle. So stick around as we get into that discussion next. Welcome back to the program. Ramya Muthan, Kelly McDonald, host of the show. Wherever you're listening in, thank you for being with us. As we settle in for our Monday edition of the program, we're here weekdays from 4 to 2, oh, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm doing backwards time. First repeat of the show, 10 p.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. in the morning. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier in the program, we are available uh, via podcast. So simply subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. Well, Ramya, it's time that we we had Danielle on on Friday to kind of catch up because we we didn't get to some stuff on Thursday when Brock and her were hosting on the show. But there is so much as we keep going back and forth in emails, quite frankly, folks, that's going on. So we've really needed to uh, step up here and get into some of these conversations. So let's bring her on and start it off today. This is Danielle McLaughlin with Know Your Rights. Let's examine questions that can't be answered by a simple yes or no. Join me, Danielle McLaughlin, when we talk about how freedoms collide on Know Your Rights. Danielle, there's been a lot of conversation out there on what's going on, as, as, as I just mentioned, and how governments in Canada operate in these days. However, there is also concerns when it comes to the disability community, which is quite concerned with uh, Bill C. 22, the proposed Canada Disability uh, Bill that's out there that has passed a second reading. So can we go back and kind of cover off a little bit about what does this piece of legislation propose to do? Hi, Kelly. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. And you're sounding great. Good. I was not quite sure about the connection, so I'm very happy to hear that you can hear me. <laughs> you <laughs> sound you. great. I knew you were testing me. <laughs> My gosh, am I even here? Yes, that's, <laughs> I was just, just checking. Yes, I'm, I'm looking out the window. I can see daylight. Maybe I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there has just been so much going on with regard to um, our rights in Canada recently and in, in this province on, of Ontario particularly. Um, Bill C-22 may be one of the more promising looking pieces of legislation that we've seen in a while. Um, this piece of legislation is well, it proposes to take people out of poverty, people living with disabilities who are living in poverty. And let we know that that is quite a number of people because, uh, you know, if you look at the employment level of uh, people in Canada and then you compare it to the employment level of people uh, with disabilities, you can see that people with disabilities are far more likely not to be employed. So the idea is that this uh, legislation will create a benefit for people with disabilities um, in order to, you know, uh, people to help people live above the poverty line, the subsistence line, actually. So that's that's the proposal. 
The question is who would benefit from such well, legislation. Yeah. And I yeah. think that is where we all stop and we all ask the question. And Danielle, it's so difficult regardless when we look at a disability community out there um, because of the different concerns, needs and priorities. Well, that's so true. Well, there are two issues here that I find rather concerning. It looks like uh, while this uh, piece of legislation has gone through second reading and is in committee now, that it proposes to only address people between the ages of 15 and 65. So we know that people, once they turn 65, people with disabilities do not suddenly leap out of poverty. No, they, they, don't. they may be covered by other forms of benefits like the old age um, uh, pension or CPP if they've worked and, and, and things like that. But those things are not, let, let, to put it mildly, high paying uh, amounts. And under the age of 15, there are plenty of people with disabilities who live in very difficult circumstances. The main question that, that I am hoping will be resolved in a way that the disability community has an enormous amount of input into is what's a disability? Um, and so this legislation has yet to define uh, people living with a disability. What does that mean? Who will be included? Who will not be included? And one of the, the things that it looks like may um, attach to this legislation that is quite troubling is if somebody is decided not to have a, a bona fide disability according to the definition that they come up with, um, and they claim a disability benefit, what will happen to them? Will that be a criminal offense? Uh, will they have the right to appeal the, uh, you know, being turned down for, for this benefit? These things have not yet been uh, written in. So we don't know the answers to that. And we do know that, um, you know, criminalizing what could actually be a mistake or could in fact be uh, a fault in the legislation could have a terrible effect on members of the the community. You can you can well imagine somebody who believes um, that they that they would qualify applies is turned down um, and says, "But you know, I I thought I could apply." You certainly don't want to see a a criminal offense applied to that kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't know if this is something that that concerns you. It, it certainly has me for quite some time. People who live with disabilities are often, and I'm going to put this in quote, suspected of faking it. Um, I'm sure that that you have had that experience where people don't really, you know, you, you're not really blind, are you? Or, you know, you you really are putting it on. It's not as bad as you say it is or what it, whatever that your disability might be. This is something that... Uh, I mean, this is this is deep ableism, isn't it? Yeah, well, this, and this if is... we consider that notion to begin with, Danielle, then are invisible disabilities even going to be represented? That's right. Well, absolutely. So, mm -hmm. so we know that they do want to include um, mental disabilities as well as physical disabilities, that they've, they've spoken to that. But... Um, you know, again, how do, how do you prove this? You know, what kind of certification do you need? What kind of medical certification? And, you know, I'll never forget many years ago when I was uh, working with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, there, I, I read a study in which 100 um, patients um, were, uh, their, their cases were presented to three psychiatrists. 
and the the three psychiatrists looked at these hundred uh, cases, and they determined that a certain number, and in fact, they came up with the same number. It was four people of this hundred were definitely people who were living with serious mental illnesses. The problem was that they came up with each of them came up with a different four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know yeah. that, you know, even the most qualified people, the most, uh, you know, the, the people who seem to best know their field may have a difference of opinion. Um, will, you know, which is fine, except when you think that this will have a profound effect on somebody's life. Well, it if will. So, you know, are especially, you eligible or are you not? Yeah, and especially yeah. when you talk about money, because people are, are in North America, we're always worried about who's cheating the system, who's trying to right. get away with something, which hamper us from making sure that proper funding is in the, the hands of people who need it because of the, look, having a disability is costly. Yeah, it, it, it is very costly. And to the extent that um, if you provide a standard of living to someone who does not have a disability, that same amount of money may not suffice to, for someone who does have a disability. You know, just as an example, mobility aids um, are extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, will they be covered under something like this? Or is this just a cash amount of money? Another question. Yeah, um, yeah. So this this piece of legislation, which has a lot of vagueness to it, as I've as I've just described, um, much of the suggestion is that well, you know, the specifics are going to come in in the regulations, not in the legislation. So, what's the difference between uh, legislation and regulation? Well, in you know, when you pass a law or when a law is passed, it's extremely difficult to uh, make changes to it. It takes, right. you know, an act of parliament to, to do that. In with regulation, it can be handled in other ways. It can be handled by cabinet or it can be handled uh, by other bodies that are, are defined by the legislation itself. So, you know, it might, it makes it a bit more flexible. I'm, I'm just going to give you an example of a piece of legislation. There, There is a, a piece of legislation that requires um, certain indigenous communities to receive a benefit from government. That benefit was written in when the legislation was passed well over 100 years ago, such that people in that community receive $5 a year. Now, $5 a year might have been meaningful when the legislation was passed, Mm -hmm. but now it, it doesn't even buy a cup of coffee in some communities. So, you know, this is the reason that some people have said, and many, many legislators have said, let's get the specifics into the regulation so that we can adjust it according to need. Um, you know, if you say today that everybody gets, you know, I'm just throwing out a number, $500, that might help some people a whole lot more than it will help other people. And, you know, with inflation as it, as it is now, that may not buy you a stick of celery in, um, you know, in, in five years. So we, we don't know that. So this is one of the reasons this will go to regulation. But other people have said, well, wait a minute. Regulation is done out of the sight of the public. So if we're going to add regulations, you know, if a bill is, is you know, being read by uh, parliament and if it goes to second reading, if it goes to committee, those are all public Regulation can be done behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Which so makes me skeptical. 
Well, it does, you know, and, and I mean, there's plenty of examples of regulation that work great and others not mm-hmm. so much. So, you know, what do we want to see written in to Bill C-22 and what do we want to see managed via regulation? That That's a question. Um, one of the other questions is, you know, people have been asking, well, many of the provinces already have a disability benefit. Ontario, for example, has the ODSP, BC has a has a, um, a benefit, most, most of the provinces have. So people are saying, well, if the federal government um, also has a disability benefit, does this mean it's going to be clawed back in taxes or right. from other uh, programs, right? Um, the federal government has said this will not be clawed back, that, that this is going to be a benefit that will be um, on top of any of the other benefits that people might already receive uh, for their disabilities. But this we'll is see a concern probably like. on the provincial level as well, Danielle, because, totally. what, because federal may have uh, promised not to claw back, but doesn't mean that provincial will stay the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Especially if it's seen as a, a reason to help the provinces. So, oh, well, then we don't need to issue out mm. as much, but they're still getting more money if we take away 150 yeah. here. And it also <laughs> makes me wonder, too, like the concept, if people will start seeing this as one or the other, as a bonus, if you yes. will, you know, not necessarily yes. uh, a necessity. Cost of living. But exactly. Yeah. And, and these are real worries that you, you're expressing. I mean, we, we don't really know what it will look like right. because it hasn't moved far enough ahead. And the specifics, you know, as many people like to say, the devil is in the details. Yeah. So, you know, who's going to, who are we worried might claw it back? Is there actually a benefit in keeping the disability community at the poverty line? I mean, who who could possibly benefit from that? Certainly not people with disabilities. And I don't actually see that it's a benefit to the society as a whole no. to keep people in, in but poverty. our society worries about the look. So if we yeah. are wanting to reach out and help around the world and make this a place for so many people to land here as immigrants, one of the things that we, of course, hear about is, well, you can't be bringing people here and, and putting them on the system. Okay, let's get jobs. Let's make job of, jobs available. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the most frustrating things for the disability community is uh, if, if, if you've been here all my all your life trying to get a job, going to college here, university, or whatever, how come it's 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 easier to come from somewhere else and get a job than the person with the disability? So we make it possible for them to be able to stay at home. Not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody's comfortable with it. But you do need the mechanism in case someone just can't find a job, in case someone prefers to be at home, in case their disability doesn't allow them to be able to hold 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 a job, you need options for people. But I think as a society that's always listening and looking for that person to say, well, how come Kelly gets to stay home? Well, yeah. you know, yeah. how come I have to stay home when, you know, so-and-so landed here six months ago and not that I don't want to help, but I- I've been looking for a job for a while. Yeah, and and it really depends on you know what kind of job are you looking for. What you know, what are your skills? What are your your abilities? Um, and many you know, people the, coming here have great questions. credentials. Yeah, exactly. In fact, yeah. the majority of people who come here, yeah, uh, and have, many have great disabled people have great credentials. Exactly, exactly. So you know, most people who can want to work, um, and that you know, so you know, most people who have the ability to, to, you know, find work would like to do that. 
again, as we said, not everybody can, not everybody uh, you know, has the capacity to work and not everybody is able to find employment. These are big concerns. But one of the questions that people have asked, and I'm asking it, is should we, instead of worrying about who gets this uh, benefit and who gets that benefit, should we have a minimum guaranteed income for everybody in this country so that whatever the reason is that that you are living below the poverty line the government should be responsible to keeping you for you know making sure that you can live at the basic quality of life no matter who you are how do you feel about that the thing is with that comment too it's i'll pull straight from this conversation today is but what about people who need the extra accommodations that mm-hmm. cost something, right? What about yep. the mobility devices? What about the adaptive technology? What about whatever all of this stuff is? Does that come down to the equal amount question? Because I don't think it does. And it's the the equity side of it. Some people need more of that financial support in order to have that same quality of life. Now, if we're only talking about poverty line, then sure, there's the the minimum uh, universal income or whatever, however it's being referred to as, right? But yeah. all these other things that are necessities for people to live well um, and to work and to do all these other things uh, may require more money. And I don't think that it cuts it to say, okay, well, everybody has that same amount, so if you want to go work, do it. You know, that's a perfect example of the difference between equity and equality. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely yep. right. Well, so, and, you know, and at least it puts it in the view, if it was for everyone, there's a little less of that, well, nobody really notices if we didn't give those on ODSP a raise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right now, yeah, oh, the government sneak around and don't yeah. notice. And when we're screaming, people on dis- you know, who are on disability are saying, hey, listen, this is what's going on. They have to be heard by the right ear, the right party who doesn't just use it as a, oh, well, here, here's a, pol- a, a political football to play with. Yeah, you're, you're very right. So, you know, is it just an equal number that we're talking about or is it a way of life, a quality yeah. of life yeah. that we need to talk about? That and we have to. So, you know, people need people have different needs and that's very important to keep in mind. Know Your Rights contributor Danielle McLaughlin joining us on the program, of course, to talk about the federal bill C-22, the Canada Disability Benefit. We'll be back to wrap up our program when we return after this break and check out what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown. Thanks, guys. Original podcasts that are out this week, ladies and gentlemen. Please take note. The Buzz with Bill which was uh, the best of the buzz with Bill Shacklin, which was released on Saturday. Bill talks to us about citizens in Japan who may be losing their health insurance if they do not purchase digital IDs. We had a good conversation about that. Uh, meanwhile, also in Europe, restaurants have been uh, combating the energy crisis by participating in a Dining in the Dark campaign. Raising Kindness, folks, that podcast is out tomorrow. Ahead of Remembrance Day, Becky and the kids visit a legion in Regina to learn more about the great volunteer work being done there. That's, of course, also available as a podcast, but on YouTube as well. On Accessing Art with Amy on Thursday, uh, Amy speaks with Kim Kitchen of Northern Ontario, who is making art which is conducive to her disability. Enjoy all of those podcasts. Please check them out. Do a search for AMI Audio Podcasts. 
Our podcast also available, and you can do that by downloading our program, Kelly and Company, and listen to the show in segment form or the complete Kelly and Company podcast. Ramya, a segment or two you want to shout out. I really enjoyed our conversation with Ardra Shepard today, talking about, of course, the casting call for season two of Fashion Dis on AMI-tv, um, but really just talking about fashion in general, you know, what it means for people with disabilities, what it means to her personally, and this this concept of uh, empowerment, you know, spreading the awareness that fashion means something to people with disabilities, and it's not just, oh, you you can't take part because fashion is not accessible. That is absolutely not no longer, at least, the conversation that we want to, um, you know, highlight. And this show, Fashion Disc, really does that. It, it brings together stylists and makeup artists and um, guests, like this whole team to make fashion feel inclusive um, and to put you in a space where you can have these candid conversations about what you want to, how you want to identify with fashion. And I mm. thought it was lovely. Interesting, too, because we had the Smart Life conversation, which made me think of uh, what, what we were chatting about and just getting stuff in general, accessible stuff. But now we look at, hey, man, maybe the show also gives people ideas of wardrobe pieces that people may wish to get for their loved ones to a family and friends and work on, on that kind of thing. So I, I kind of felt that was an interesting thing as we had the Smart Life list and running down things. And boy, how you could really now stop and think, OK, yeah, you know what, I'll get some calendars, some cards. And on the wardrobe side of things, you know, I, I learned about and I think that's so important. So you can check those segments out, The Smart Life and our visit with Ardra Shepard uh, via the Kelly & Company podcast experience. Uh, you can listen to the show in the complete form by just simply subscribing and uh, checking it out or go back to those particular segments uh, as they are posted individually up on the podcast feed as well. And when you listen to the complete show, do check out the audio vanity card. Uh, interesting stuff on the show. Ramya and I will be back tomorrow. A big thank you to Dan Panamondo, who is teching the program today. Rum, we'll talk to you tomorrow at 2. Yes, we will, Kels. When we start, first segment, folks, what causes arthritis in cats? Dr. Dr. Danielle Johnkind is going to be here to inform us what does and talk about it uh, uh, under those diagnosed uh, conditions, of course. Nutritionist Julia Carantius shares... Peculiar ideas for pumpkins, ladies and gentlemen, and proper ways to compost uh, the, the remains of them. Also on the show, community reporter Kim Thistle highlights the St. John's uh, downtown annual Santa Claus parade. Okay, we're going to hear all about it tomorrow on the show. And that'll be, of course, the ones taking place this year. There's a couple that she'll get into for us. Also, Bella Strange gives us skincare tips for the colder months, including taking care of dry skin and chapped lips. We'll get into all those conversations tomorrow right here on Kelly and Company. Take care of yourselves, folks. Have a good day. Fedora's off to you. discussions I have with people is, can I handle the daisy book audio? Now, for those who don't know, when you listen to an audio book, because I'm cheap, 
and and I make no bones about that. I have the privilege of being able to access Sila. I absolutely love being able to handle books for free. I'm not exactly that person that hears of a book and says, oh, I've got to get that. And quite frankly, between the shared book library, Sila, there's a lot of content. It comes down to narrator with a voice, human voice, or listening to Daisy read books. Well, I'll find I'll go through a phase where I can handle listening to a bunch of Daisy. I mean, obviously, listening to my screen reader on my computer, listening to a Daisy book. Yeah, sure, you'd want the human narrated stuff, of course. But I also don't want to lose out on the things I actually want to read. And again, I'm not the most fussy person. I will try to read through a book. But as we do the book club on Kelly and Company a lot of time, because I don't want to go join Audible, Nothing against you folks at Audible or anyone that has accounts. That's just a Kelly preference because I don't know of enough things I would want to just off the blue read. Oh, yeah, I hear that book. That's a popular one. That one. I read stuff that, oh, the description, that sounds cool. Or, uh, you know, I just go through because someone mentioned something and I see if Sela's got it and away I go. So I find myself going through phases where I'll read a lot of books with human narration and at times a lot of books because I've got, uh, maybe right now I'm kind of into westerns, so a lot of those I find are Daisy Book Audio. And it's it's a real preference. You'll hear us joke around about it. And, and again, I don't mean a slighting of either. Obviously, for me, I prefer human narrated. But I also hear a description of a book and say, geez, I want that one. Yeah, there are drawbacks, certainly. Sometimes it's be the language of the book and the simp voice reading it. But most time I get so much out of it, enjoy it. Uh, but yes, whenever I go back to a human narrated, I settle back and say, oh yeah, the beauties of it, the talent, and that feeling, because there's a lot of emotion that you may miss in those books read by a synthesized voice. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube, or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.